welcome to the Saturday Night Live After Party. This week, we'll be discussing Season 46, Episode 13 of SNL, with host Reggae Jean Page and musical guest Bad Bunny. I'm Catherine Coleman, and I am joined this week by Steve Finn. If you'd like to connect with us, you can do so at snlpodcast.com. Enjoy these selected highlights from this week's discussion. If you'd like to watch our full-length ad-free sketch-by-sketch review, you can find it exclusively on Patreon and Subscribestar slash SNL Podcast. It's our supporters who make this show possible, and we are so thankful to everyone who's already come on board. All right, here we go. Steve, so good to see you again. It's great to see you. And you know what? It's it's nice to have a little one-on-one time. I've it is. Been, I've been a negligent uh, contributor, so I brought my glove. I brought my ball. So let's go out the yard, have a catch, you know, and, and connect like we should. Let's do it. it. It's time for me and Steve to bond. So John is gone. We shipped him off to Cancun with his daughters. And uh, we're going to review this episode, just me and Steve, and probably be better for it, right? Yeah. He just texted me his new uh, corn rose. John oh, did. He's looking I great. I that looks really nice. It really does. <laughs> Especially the beads on the end. All right. Well, before we get into it, let's talk about next week with host Nick Jonas and musical guest Nick Jonas. Are you excited about that? You know what? I'm going to unashamedly say I am. When the Jonas Brothers come on the radio, I'm not afraid to say I turn it up. I might even actively type in the Jonas Brothers into Spotify. And, and put them on willingly. So, yeah, I am a fan. And Nick's probably my favorite of them. He's he's kind of got a movie career now. He's been in mm-hmm. a Jumanji outing. And, uh, you know, he wasn't terrible in it. So I'm yeah. looking forward to see him pulling double duty. Yeah, I think it should be pretty good. I Nick Jonas has put out some uh, some pretty banging songs. And Jonas Brothers are nothing to, you know, frown at either. You know, especially... In this sort of new evolution of the Jonas Brothers, you know, they've grown up, the music's a little bit more mature. Uh, I enjoy it. And Nick seems like he's a pretty charming guy. And I really get the feeling he's he's willing to laugh at himself. So I think yeah. that always makes a for a good host. Absolutely. And I've always enjoyed him on SNL. You know, he's he's been on as a solo guest. And I actually mm-hmm. really liked his solo stuff, too. So I guess Nick yeah. Jonas can do no wrong if you ask Steve. <laughs> That's what, that's what crush the going on. Is. Yeah, for sure. Mad man crush on, on Nick there. That's fair. He's very handsome. <laughs> Speaking of handsome, Reggae Jean Page toast this week. Woo! He's Basically to look at. famous for it. Yeah. Let's get into his episode. Guess I got a little bit loco. Loco. What? Loco. A year into lockdown, and we're all mentally, mentally, mentally ill. And this had a cameo from Bad Bunny himself, seen here just behind Steve's head. Absolutely. So I take oh. it you liked this one. Yeah. I wish this uh, this drink was real. <laughs> if I could just take that right now. But as for the, the, the sketch we were talking about, I, I really enjoyed it. I must yeah. say, you know, not, not just the relatability, which is goes without saying. A lot of people are probably, you know seeing a lot of themselves in this sketch after a year of, of what we went through. But I, I just got to talk about how well this was put together because the technicality of this, um, 
one shot in particular, which was technically a bunch of different shots stitched together to appear seamless, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where she appears in different parts of her apartment doing various crazy woman things. Uh, yeah. That was really well done. And yeah, it reminded me they did s- s- kind of a similar steady cam trick in the um, the Christmas morning sketch. Okay. And they're both by Paul Briganti, directed by him. So he's knocking these out of the park. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so that's what they're using is steady cams because all the peak parts, you mm-hmm. know, the, the way the camera jumped around on him, it almost seemed like some kind of programmable jib or something. I mean, they might, they might have that too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they do. But yeah, like it was hilarious and all that. But I think this scores special points for how mm-hmm. technically, uh, impressive this was and how well they brought it all together and just made a really cohesive, impressive looking visual out of the sketch. I think the track was actually produced. uh, I don't remember the name, but it's one of bad Bunny's producers like came in to produce this. Oh, no way song. Yeah. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Cause it, it does seem a little bit more deviant from a lot of the songs we've heard written by the same people. Like you can kind of, Mm-hmm. send some similarities so that's yeah, yeah that would explain why this was new and fresh sounding <laughs> right yeah i i really liked this i think snl's music videos are one of my favorite things about the show because you know, if you look back back like jizz in my pants was probably the first time in like my memory of my life that snl really came into like kind of mainstream culture i mean it's always mainstream but you know it really entered the consciousness and like it was when YouTube was just starting. So it was the first kind of big viral thing. So that's sort of was almost my biggest, earliest exposure to SNL. And then we went into stuff like the girl groups having uh, do it on my twin bed and uh, back home ballers that I loved. And then these past few years, Chris and Ego and Pete have been just, you know, hitting bangers a few times a season, usually with the help of uh, Will Stevens, usually writing on those. And I just really love them because what makes SNL music videos so great is that they're funny, obviously, but they're always so well produced. Like they're always a good song (laughs) that you want to sing. They're catchy, like they're really well produced, and that's just what a nice layer to add on top of a funny song. (laughs) You know, I mean that's the lonely effect, uh, lonely island effect, right there. Mm -hmm. You like before Andy Samberg and those guys came in, you didn't see anything like that. You know these. Mm higher production values for for songwriting and and producing and Mm -hmm. you know pre-tapes that was such a hit and after they left clearly lauren saw the value in keeping talent on that can produce right you know really bagging tracks and and Mm -hmm. actually have a decent hook in the in the music production because that's what helps sell the humors if you actually make music that 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 slaps and you'd you'd actually play at a party and people would dance too Right. You know, they like might I laugh. have these songs on my like phone and I listen to them sometimes like on the train. Like that yeah. that means it's a good song. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm like, yeah. you know, Alexa, play Dick in a Box. It happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and you know, let's not leave this without mentioning Ego and how strong of a performance she gave. Uh man, she is just on fire. She I, I've loved her since the first episode she was on, but I think she's really really hitting her stride now and this 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 featured her super strongly and i thought she nailed it yeah i'm realizing more as we talk about it how much ego did in this Mm -hmm. and it's awesome all right let's keep going a man interviews for a job 
at a spec ad agency with a questionable background. What did you think of this one? Well, I was enjoying my confusion, I guess. (laughs) Because this was just top shelf surrealism Mm -hmm. at its finest. The only really grounded thing here is that it had something of a premise. Like you could say on paper, oh, this was a sketch about an ad firm that does specs. Mm Mm-hmm. And like that's an idea for a sketch that could be played <laughs> yeah. generally straight. That's uh, already a good premise because who would do that? Yeah. And you get jokes out of that. And almost immediately, this thing gets derailed into like the most weirdest nightmare uh, quality kind of surrealist beats. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so, uh, so out of there. And every time I think that SNL has done the weirdest thing, like whether it be office race <laughs> Or, uh, you know, some other good neighbor stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like they've, they've gone into the weird territory, Mm -hmm. but like this one, just this one had no holds bird. And, uh, I just love this stuff. It's, it's, it's the kind of silliness that I crave. And I've been very sated by this sketch. (laughs) Yeah. This was chaotic in the best way possible. In Just, a word. They pulled out pool noodles and hitting each other. Like <laughs> at the end of the sketch, I looked at my husband and went, What? <laughs> <laughs> but like as a compliment. You know, like I loved it. Uh I thought the little sub game of Bowen coming in with the notes was great. Yep. Um and the one that just said, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. And I, and the way that Bowen would enter the frame and come out just so quickly was fantastic. Um, oh, yes. Bowen was the ribbon on a beautiful mm-hmm. package. He was yes. a great presence. Yep. And he's he's so good at that. He's just so he good is. at being uh, a side character just in the corner. Uh, mm-hmm. Hardly any lines, like maybe no no lines, but you're laughing at what he's found mm-hmm. to chew the scenery with. He'll, he'll always find a way. Yeah. Even like Bowen. in driver's license, I don't think he sang the song, but I don't think he had a line. He just appeared and was Bowen and it was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he if he didn't have a line, you know, I believe it, but he's still the most memorable. That's the one person I remember mm-hmm. most from that sketch. Right. The the face touching and all that. Right. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the job interview sketch, I, I loved. I thought it was just so chaotic in the best way. Bowen sold it and it, it surprised me and laughter is just delighted surprise. Right. So good job. I, this was great. And my favorite moment of it was, when they're hitting each other with pool noodles and Boeing comes in and says, you're going to kill each other. <laughs> you kill each other. <laughs> Look, he's genuinely concerned that they're actually genuinely in real danger scared. from pool noodles. Love yeah. it. Yeah, and then it. the guy evaporates. Fantastic. Great heightening. Amazing. Good job. About that evaporation moment. Okay. I think that was the moment where they kind of proved that they have successfully written an amazing surrealist sketch because by the time we went through everything we did and got to this moment where he puts on a hat and fades away, my reaction was just like, sure. Of course. That, that makes sense at this point. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) This might as well happen now after Mm -hmm. the pool noodles and the notes and everything else we just went through. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, a sketch is insane when someone evaporates the end and you're like, yeah, that was the only way to go. (laughs) Logical at that point. (laughs) All right. Well, up next, two families get into a prayer battle before dinner. 
Amen. Amen. <laughs> I loved this one. Did you love this one? I loved it. It's uh, it's not that I come from a religious family myself, mm-hmm. but I really can see the uh, the literal holier than thou attitude going on throughout this. It's uh, mm-hmm. you know, not to be outdone by the the spirituality, and mm-hmm. you know that food was plenty blessed by the second or third prayer. So it was clear that this was much more uh, mm-hmm. about something else. And right. uh, yeah, the whole competition between the two families was great because I think a lot of people, you know, maybe misuse religion that way, not to actually do a good thing, but to be perceived as a good person. And mm-hmm. it, it upsets some of these people to have someone in the room that does that a little bit better than them. So then right. it becomes a little game of, you know, letting the food go cold and <laughs> and starting mm-hmm. like a whole church sermon in, in a house. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's a great way to just let things blow up and escalate in this, in mm-hmm. the sketch. And yeah, it was a lot of fun to be had. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a particularly religious person, but I come from the South where everyone is. So, you know, if I go home for Christmas dinner, there's going to be a prayer and <laughs> My mom tell, has these really rambling prayers that leave me and my brother to just look at each other like, the hell is she talking about? Um, so this spoke to me um, and I really loved it. And like you, like you were getting at, there's that competition there. And, and I loved that they were kind of using their kids as pawns in that. Like my youngest son will lead the prayer. He's like, well, my boy's got this. <laughs> and I actually felt like they could have done more with that. Like, cause they, it seems apparent that something in here got cut out, I think, for the show for the sake of the show clock. Um, but I think there was there was room here as far as just what we saw and from a writing perspective of more beats to flesh out that that part of the competition of like, well, my family's better. Well, my mom's going to do a prayer and, sh- and she's been leading the church choir for 25 years. And well, I actually went to seminary, like, you know, like just really upping that competition aspect of it, I think could have been really fun. And then getting those prayers more and more specific and weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think, yeah, that, that, that's, that's a, a good point. But what I think they actually did is a good way of keeping it wholesome. Like they could have definitely gone into a lot more places, but it, mm-hmm. it might've made things a little tense. Like they had that comp- competitive narrative going through, but like no one was really like, hating on each other or like anything like mm-hmm. that. So they were able to like come together at the end and, uh, and like dance together. And that was a very wholesome right. moment. That's true. Uh, I don't know if they went really weird and tried to go in too many places. They would have been able to land something like that. Mm-hmm. But what do I know? You know? Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. I thought this was a really good sketch. I just, I think because I liked it so much, I wanted to see more of it. Yeah. And that's not something I often say about sketches on snl i'm usually saying i think they could have cut this beat but this one i was like no add more yeah uh there's more time here um and yeah let's talk about beck doing the worm (laughs) wow wow who knew he's so good at that (laughs) just alarmingly good and like those first he did some kind of like hand feet Mm -hmm. like bounce back and forth i was like okay he's pretending to do the worm because he doesn't know how ha ha and then he does it and i'm like whoa right yeah, this this sketch was super fun. Um, I, I loved the specifics they were throwing in uh, when Keenan's family was doing their prayer, and you know, second cousin twice removed, twice returned. Uh, <laughs> this this had a lot of really great lines in it. Huge win for me. If you want to see our full sketch by sketch review, search for SNL After Party on 
Patreon or Subscribestar.com. Let's get into moment of the night. What's your moment, Steve? My moment of the night is Bo and Yang shedding a single tear and uh, stating that the hat that faded away belonged to him. It was a great line. Good one. Just that was my hat. Yeah, my moment's coming from that one too. Uh, I played with some other things like the reveal of Mikey's legs uh, and that trash can moment. But ultimately, my moment is Bowen coming into a pool noodle fight and very seriously saying, you'll kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> that so, just yeah. that got me every time. Fantastic. Uh, what's your best sketch? Well, it's kind of my unofficial duty to go with the surrealist sketch mm-hmm. as, my, as my best. I do it all the time. And yeah, I'm just an alt comedy guy. And, you know, I, I feel like this is, a vote that matters like in the democracy that is SNL. If I say that I love this sketch, they'll make more of them. I know there's oh, probably, yeah, of course. yeah, I know it doesn't work that way, but I feel like this is me putting in a vote for that. Right. So SNL, please keep making weird stuff. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Cause I will like it at least. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah. well, I'll back you up. It was my best sketch too. the job interview. <laughs> oh Yeah. Yeah, that sketch was really great. Uh, rewatchable, just silly and in, in exactly the right way. I I really loved it. And just there was enough going on and then adding in the Bowen's little sub game coming in was a nice finishing touch on it that I thought was really fun. Brilliant. It was for sure. <laughs> and uh, who's your MVP? My MVP is going to be Chloe. And that was a hard decision to make because the cast just in general was on fire for this episode. But Chloe had the cold open. She had the uh, the Bridgerton sketch. She uh, had a lot of great stuff where she actually had to carry it. And mm-hmm. it made me realize that when I see Chloe in a position where she's going to be the main focus of a sketch, I have no nervousness or any kind of concern that she's not going to be able to handle it because she's proven to me now. Very, you make a compelling point. Some of the other people I consider would be Ego or Beck. Ego had a great night, was uh, super present, carried some sketches back, had some big moments, was in a lot. I think I'm going to give it to Bowen. Uh, he, wa- he wasn't who I was originally going to pick, but as we've talked about it, I think he's, he's my clear choice in that he wasn't in a lot. He didn't have you know the main role, but w- every time he appeared, he stole the scene. Uh, and that's awesome. Uh, I think he had a big night. And for, for not having, you could probably count his lines on you know two hands. Um. Yes, but he stood out that much, and I, I, he's a hell of a performer. So yeah, Bowen. All right. Well, the big one on a scale of classic, great, decent, weak, or train wreck. How would you rate this episode? I'm going to give it a great. Okay. This was super fun episode. I was laughing. I was impressed. So I had my humor. I had my uh, uh, entertainment from you know just good filmmaking and and editing and all that stuff all the technical stuff was just so good uh you know i didn't love the musical guest but when it comes down to it it's a very small portion of the show like those two mm-hmm. songs they make up like six or seven minutes of airtime. you know every sketch here was great every cast member was amazing i just thought this was a great show and even though i didn't know reggae jean he was really good he was mm-hmm. a great first host i just love everything about this episode fair enough i'm I'm straddling between a decent and a great. 
Okay. I I felt like there wasn't there were only two or three things that I really liked. Um, some other things that were okay. I thought update was, you know, one of the weaker ones. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's fair to, to go great. Um, because those those like three things that I liked were really really well done. Um, decent first time host, and you know, I loving the fresh air and the cold opens. And yeah, I th- it was a strong episode, and I think you know to steal John's sort of criteria, which I think he stole from someone else, to cut it down to an hour for the repeat. I think you got a pretty solid episode so i'll call it a great there you go all right well we're on a streak of some some good episodes we re- reviewed the last several pretty highly so i hope i hope they keep this strong stuff going into week five next week and that's a wrap thanks to steve finn and thanks as well to our most generous patrons sam bowers Neil Weinstein, Justin Gardner, Carissa Eubank, Grace Kogan, and Brian Clark. If you're enjoying our show, please subscribe on YouTube or wherever better podcasts can be found. Your subscription helps us grow and your support is greatly appreciated. We'll be back next week when SNL returns with host Nick Jonas and musical guest Nick Jonas. But until then, this has been episode number 129 of the Saturday Night Live After Party Podcast. I'm Catherine Coleman. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs>